Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in Luke chapter 18. This will be study number 10, and we're going to read from verses 2 through 8. Saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith, on the earth. We've been spending some time in uh, this parable, carefully looking to see what what God uh, has here for us, and we've seen it is a parable that relates to the day of judgment, and uh, we we can realize that when we look at the Greek text in verse five, where it says, "Lest by her continual coming." She weary me, and continual coming literally should be translated unto the end. The woman keeps coming every day unto the end. And uh, that relates to our time as we're approaching unto the end of the world. And where, where are God's people? As the widow a woman typifies the elect people of God. They're on the earth living in the day of judgment and day and night throughout this period of time making um, requests to God, beseeching Him, uh, praying to God. Continually, God's people keep praying. They keep praying. and And what are they praying for? Well, Many are praying for loved ones. They're, they're praying for the salvation of family members or neighbors or, uh, others that they know. They're, they're praying not that God would save them now at this time, but could it be, O oh Lord, that you did save them having had mercy, have mercy. That is, may it be, that you have already extended the scepter of your grace and bestowed the gift of faith upon my son, my daughter. And before you shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, and for whatever reason or purpose that that I don't understand, as your wisdom is above and beyond uh, my ability to understand it, May it be that you have saved them already, but now, O oh Lord, I, I beseech you and ask you that 
you might um, show forth through the power of your spirit that salvation within them? Could it be that they will develop an interest to the word of God, to the things that that the word of God is declaring regarding the judgment day and, and so forth? May you lead them to truth, to a correct understanding of your word. But more than that, we also see as we examine the the widow woman's request, what is on the hearts of the people of God at this time in in the world's history, at the time uh, of the end as as we are living at the threshold of the the conclusion of all things related to this earth. As it says in Luke 18, verse 3, there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. He would not for a while, but in verse 5, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. This word avenge, used twice there. We'll look at the follow-up to the parable in verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Look at verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now these two words are Strong's number 1556 and 1557. That is all, the the English word is the same, avenge, avenge, but um, there's two different Greek words that are used, closely related. And here we see where God uses the word 1556 in Strong's Concordance. In Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. There God is speaking to his people, and the people of God will experience trials and tribulation and affliction from the enemies of God and the kingdom of heaven, because the people of God identify with God and his kingdom through the word of God. And and as the people of God carry the word of God as messengers and share the word of God with the people of the world who are enemies of God and his kingdom, the people of the world will lash out at those children of God, the elect, that are messengers. They they will despise them because they despise the word that they bring. And, and so God says to his people, the dearly beloved, the elect, avenge not yourselves. That is, reviled, revile not again. If someone is um, speaking evil of you, do not return and speak evil of them. Uh, do If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. There, there's many ways God has expressed this thing. We are to 
forgive and forbear and endure the the reproach that comes as a result of the word of God, the gospel. It's not coming for our sake personally. It's for Christ's sake. As Christ and the word are one and the same, you, you can't distinguish between them. And just as they hated Jesus, they hate the word of God. And, and uh, if we are identified with that word, we will be hated. That's why God says, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. They hated him before they hated us. It is normative. It is to be expected. It is the typical reaction of men in the darkness when the light shines. They, they want to flee from the light. They cannot stand the um, illumination of the light. They must put it out. They must um, somehow go restore the darkness, and and therefore they they lash out to um, drive those bringing the light away, uh, to cause them to put down the light, to remove themselves from the light, just just to. Uh, anything they'll they'll do it in violence in times past. They'll do it with words. They'll apply pressure uh, through government or religion, if possible. Whatever they can do to turn off the light from shining into the darkness. That's been the typical reaction of the people, of the world, all through history, and 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 God has issued forth this directive to all the elect all through history, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. It's not your place. It's not your role. You are not the judge of all the earth. You are not God. Just wait. Just wait, God says, as he goes on to say, but rather give place unto wrath, For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. That is, there's a, there's a place. There, there is a day of judgment. There is an appointed time that God has established to pour out His wrath. Uh, Remember, um, Babylon fall is the fall of this world at the beginning of judgment day which began on May 21, 2011, and God speaks of Babylon's fall in Revelation 18, verse 2. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And then he says in verse 6, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works in the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. You see, God waited patiently, long-sufferingly, all through history until the end of the Great Tribulation. Now it's Judgment Day. Now it is place for wrath. It is time that the cup of the furious anger of God be meted out to the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And Christ came with ten thousands of his saints. Christ and all those that he saved and and so forth, all the things that we've seen the Bible say. That is the vengeance of God. Um, as 
as we read in Revelation chapter 19. It says, beginning in verse 1, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore. And that would be also a reference to Babylon. Remember, Revelation 19 follows Revelation 18, where, where Babylon falls. And, and this is further commentary. He has judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. The widow woman is desiring vengeance. Avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge me of my enemies. And who is the adversary of the woman? And who are her enemies? Satan and his kingdom of darkness, typified by Babylon. All of the unsaved are in the camp or kingdom of Satan, set against God and his righteous nation, the whole company of the elect. There there has been a spiritual battle raging all throughout history. And finally, it's the time of the end, time for God to take vengeance. The woman has been beseeching the Lord, avenge me of mine adversary. Similar to what we read in Revelation chapter 6. In Revelation 6, beginning in verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. Now, verse 10 helps us to understand what it means to avenge. Notice, Dost thou, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? To avenge is to judge. How long, O God? Until you bring to pass judgment day. How long will it be, O Lord, before justice is done? Before your law is satisfied? Before the unrighteousness, the injustice that is going on in this world? How long before those things are taken care of? And, and you know, you see, that's why the righteous soul of Lot was vexed day by day by their unlawful deeds. The desire of the one that God has saved, when God did save 
these sinners who were unrighteous in themselves. They, they were uh, just as sinful as anybody else, but God saved certain ones, his elect, and he gave them a new heart and a new spirit with an ongoing desire to do the will of God. God made them righteous in their soul existence, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, began to dwell within them, and that's a righteous spirit. And, 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 and therefore, there is a desire coming forth, a very strong desire, an ongoing desire to do the will of God, but also to have the whole world do the, the will of God. That is, when the child of God, someone who was a part of this evil world, uh, and who contributed uh, to its um, chaos and, and evil deeds during his or her lifetime. But after they're saved, now God has transformed them within, uh, in the soul, and now they want righteousness. They desire uprightness. They want justice to be done because those are the attributes, the characteristics of God and his word. He is most upright. He is most just and holy, pure. He he uh, is a righteous judge, a righteous God. This is what goodness involves. Goodness is within the boundaries of righteousness and and doing that which is according to law, to the law of the living God. And, and so God's people are made new in their soul, but now they're still living. They're, they're still in a sin-cursed earth and they look out outside of themselves in the world and the world is far from righteousness. What does God say uh, concerning every human being? There is none righteous, no, not one. And in a world of unrighteous people, uh, otherwise called sinners, in a world full of sinners that have no love, nor deep concern, nor care, for righteousness, it, it, it is not something they strive for or seek to obtain or endeavor to keep. The, the world is fine dealing unrighteously. It's actually more in keeping in line with, with who they are to have unrighteous dealings. And therefore there's lies and deceit and all manner of deception that takes place. And this is typical, normal. It's the way of the world. The world says Christmas is about Santa Claus and Easter about a bunny. And most people are fine with these things. They, they, they don't mind the, the twisting and the turning or the deceitfulness of of turning away from the truth 
of the birth of the Lord God, the, the, the grand event, the greatest event the world has ever known, as he was born into the world a man and dwelt among us. They don't mind substituting that for some uh, overweight man in a red suit. Uh, it, actually, they prefer it. Likewise, the the greatest and grandest event of the resurrection of Christ after he went to the cross is substituted for a bunny rabbit and some eggs that nobody really understands what it has to do with anything. And that is perfectly fine with the world because they accept unrighteousness. They uh, they um, prefer, they want dealings in, in unrighteousness and things that are uh, lying and deceitful. That's where they're comfortable. But now the child of God, after salvation, is no longer comfortable. It, it bothers us. It vexes our soul. It's not us, of course. We're like the world. But the, the one that God has created, this new creature, is troubled within, troubled, vexed by, by this and by a thousand other things. We're disturbed when God's law is perverted and changed and when that which is good is suddenly called bad and that which is evil is, is suddenly, um, a good thing. Uh, when, when men in their unrighteous way take the Sunday Sabbath and, and turn it into a day of pleasure of sports or when men take uh, in their unrighteous way the the commandment of God concerning marriage uh, that there's not to be divorce and now we have divorce everywhere or when they take God's law that says a man is to marry a woman and now men begin to marry men and women begin to marry women this is troubling to the soul of the child of God it's grievous. It's a form of vexation of spirit that God's people are, they, they have this desire and, and everywhere they turn in this world, that desire is opposed. The flesh of their own body is contrary to it and the spirit of the world is contrary to it. And so the, the, the unrighteousness of the world the, the unrighteousness of uh, a fallen state of man and the civilization that these fallen creatures have established uh, as they shake their fist at God on a daily basis, it, it gnaws at the soul of the child of God. And, and so the cry goes up, How long, O Lord, holy and true, does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? How long, O Lord, before your righteous word and law is done? And, and remember what we're desiring and seeking, as it says in Second Peter chapter 3. Yes, it involves the end of the world, but there's more to it than that. It says in Second Peter 3, in verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, 
wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Yes, we're looking for a new heavens and a new earth, but we're looking for also righteousness. We're looking for a just place, a righteous place, a good place. You know, that's sort of the appeal when we we hear stories of old. When we look back in time and in any past time compared to this present evil generation is is appealing to those of us who are alive today. We look back and it looks so peaceful 75, 100 years ago. It, it looks so nice and so good. And we long for, we desire a, a world, a government, a, a society where the, the rights, the, the true rights, the righteous rights of people are upheld according to the righteous law, the only righteous law of the word of God, the Bible. And we look back with longing in our heart and we remember, oh, there was a day when there was no legal abortion, when when children were protected by law. We look back, and there was a time when there was uh, nary a divorce. And we look back, and certainly there was no gay marriage at all. And we look back and to a time when laws were on the books not too long ago, saying it was against the law to work on Sunday, God's holy day, the Sabbath. It, it, it had impact on the laws of the land. And there was a time when sports were illegal to be performed on Sunday. I checked out, I, I live in the Philadelphia area, and I think it wasn't until the 1940s that the Philadelphia Phillies, the baseball team, were permitted to play on Sunday. And, and and they had already been in existence for 60 or 70 years. And they were not permitted, or maybe it was the 30s, but, but I know it was they were in existence for decades and did not play on Sunday, at least in Philadelphia. And so the, we look back and, and what is the attraction? What brings peace? What brings that that atmosphere where you desire to raise a family and to build a home, no crime, yes, but also it's all related to the keeping of the righteous law of God. When men kept the law, even unsaved men, as the Holy Spirit operated in the world, restraining sin, there was peace. There, there was um, a good life, relatively speaking, that could be lived on this earth to some degree, to the degree that men observe the law of God. And now that it's a shambles. God's Holy Spirit has lifted his hand of restraint. God has given man up to the vilest of sins. And the world's a mess. It's utter chaos. Because man thinks he's wiser than God. He thinks he can write law. He thinks he is the lawgiver and the judge. He thinks he is God. 
and this is the result. Well, just read your newspaper. It doesn't matter what nation, city, town, or village you're from. It's a mess everywhere on earth. The only solution is a new earth and a new heaven wherein dwelleth righteousness, perfect righteousness, perfect holiness, where all do according to the law. The will of God is performed perfectly. That's why there will be perfect joy, perfect love, and so forth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.